All right, people, let's do this one last time. You know who I am. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. 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 I'm Spider-Man. I'm not the only one. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a Geeksplained Extra series that we're calling Spidey-sember, where in the run-up to Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th, we're coming at you with every single Spider-Man film released in theaters. We've gone through the Raimi trilogy, we've had our web duology, and we're taking a bit of a break from live-action Spider-Man as we take a detour into the the Spider-Verse, because we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, released in 2018, the far-flung past of 2018. Feels like a million years ago. Uh, this film uh, was directed by Peter Ramsey, Bob Parachetti, and Rodney Rothman, written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman, and to me personally is the perfect Spider-Man film. We're going to get into it. And I am, of course, joined by my amazing friends. We have right here sitting with me the friendly neighborhood AJ Kincaid. How you like me now? What's up, Danger? Stupid <laughs> <laughs> was that? <laughs> hey, don't introduce me. I can't follow that shit. Hey, guys, this is Chris. I'm here too. I can't follow that. So I'm just going to myself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm waiting all day. Oh, I'm waiting crying. all day for that. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So... <laughs> We're, ta we're talking about you've killed him you've killed him aj i hope oh, what have oh, i done God. oh man oh no <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about spider-man into the spider-verse um this uh this was this was, I'm going to tell you, oh my God, I'm crying. Um, this was my favorite movie of 2018. I'm no, just going to put this out there. It was, no, it wasn't. was. Do you know what it came was. out in 2018? Yeah, I do. A lot. And this was still my favorite movie of 2018. <laughs> Chris is going to run it back. Trust oh, me. I'm going to. <laughs> We're going to run it back. Can't wait. But um, this was an example of a, uh, God, of a, a creed that I feel like doesn't need to be said, but should be said in that animated films fucking rule. And why aren't there more animated adaptations of comic books that are given this kind of love and care? This film. Fuck. Um, so this is Into <laughs> the Spider-Verse. Gentlemen, do you remember seeing this film for the first time? I'm going to go to Chris first. Oh, man. Um, actually, yeah. And I was, uh, my arm was wrung into watching it. I didn't, I had no desire to see it at all. None. 
just Chris doesn't like fun things, guys. I, <laughs> Chris doesn't like fun things. Well, in case you didn't notice the uh the litany of films that came out in 2018 was 2018 might be the greatest year in film that we've seen in a long time. Um, I'll talk about it later because I'm not going to take away from the intro. Andrew's already done that. And uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but Jessica actually talked about how good it was. And I'm like, I just, I didn't have any inclination to see it. And then I'll always ask Eric, I'll check him and say, how is it? Cause again, as Eric so eloquently put it, he goes to midnight, See, see all the films at midnight. Like if it's I don't see that movie, shit anymore. I'm an old man now, but I did. <laughs> but you said it was the best Spider-Man movie you'd ever seen. And even hearing that, I just didn't care. So I ended up, it ended up being on HBO or Netflix. Which, real quick, I just want to interject is usually how these interactions go. Chris asks for my opinion and oh then completely discards it right after. Because <laughs> I, I will say that most of, when I ask Eric for it, oh yeah, how is this superhero? How movie? is this Fantastic. movie? It was the greatest movie I've seen. In it's, I don't movie. always fucking say and that. It's like in, in most cases, that's exactly how it goes. But in, in, in to, so, so. It's, I watch it, it's, I put it on the background and it's so good. And it's funny, ironically enough, um, I got hooked because of the soundtrack. Yeah, and Just to play buddy. off of what AJ had mentioned. Um, it, is, it is actually a killer soundtrack. Um, but then the concept got me and I love the idea of, of a multiverse and just, that's such a buzzword now. Like it, it's, it's everywhere. We can't even, you know, before I thought only, I was only nerd knew about that and string theory and, and, and a multiverse and paradoxes and all these things. But now fucking everybody knows about it, which I find disgusting and discouraging at the same time. But um, yeah, it just happened to be on. I watched it and I enjoyed it, although I didn't make an effort to go see it. I will say I will preface it by that. AJ. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> Do you? No, do I remember when I first saw that? Yes. yes, I do. I I remember it was around um, Christmas time in 2018. 2018 was like a like a very big like it was just a very eventful year. Um, and I remember Christmas time. I remember all. I remember it was Eric, uh, our friends uh, Jacob, who's been on the podcast, Kane, who's been on the podcast, John Noble, who's been on the podcast, and myself. All had gone out for brunch and then went to go see this movie. It was, a, it was a lovely time with the boys. It was a lovely boys day. It was a lovely boys day. And, you know, I I was very impressed with this movie. I was very, very impressed with just like how well made and how just um, fantastic the animation is. I yeah. was blown away by the animation and all of the bold choices that are made in this movie. I'm always just like, God, I love rewatching it. I, I try to watch this movie at least once a year at minimum. And Same. like, you, you know, if I'm having a very, like if I'm having a very bad week, it, it's in the options of just like, what do I want to have for a good time? Hell yeah. Yeah. And it's just interesting. Cause I, I went and saw this, uh, wasn't at midnight. It was at a respectable 8.30 p.m. <laughs> and I fell in love with this movie immediately for all the reasons that uh, Chris and AJ mentioned. Um, let's talk about that fucking animation for a second because yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> this animation was groundbreaking. Amazing. It was done by Sony Pictures Imageworks who had worked on previous animated properties. And the direction for this specifically going into this project was they wanted to focus on the audience feeling like they walked inside a comic book direct quote and to get ready for this i want to throw this guys at throw this at you guys real quick 
to create 10 seconds of footage for the test footage for this movie, it took an entire year. One year to animate 10 seconds of footage. And they were going to have to extend this out to a full movie. Now, the art style is very dynamic and it's unique. And that has to do a lot with having CGI worked with line work, painting, bende dots, half tones, and misaligned colors to craft an entire uh, picture through every single scene and every single um, uh location every single character every single moment of this film is so dynamic and unique in its animation style um a lot of what they did to make this feel different in motion was achieved by taking rendered frames that it, they had already taken from cgi and working on top of it in 2d to give you give you the image or the illusion i guess that you are watching a moving comic book which sounds silly because like we know about animation we know how this works but like it was groundbreaking and everyone just couldn't we didn't know what was going on and how they were accomplishing this um it was animated without motion blur which is a commonly used practice and was instead used they used motion smearing which gave a bit of a delay allowed for specific frames to overlap and speaking of frames the film had a frame rate that would vary between 24 frames per second and 12 frames per second the whole deal for people right now is like 60 frames per second 4k hd ultra like no this one was like we are going to make this feel like animation and i love the shit out of this what do you guys think and chris specifically as a as a filmmaker did you notice any of this stuff? Did it did it yeah. you know stick out to you? Yeah, you can you can see this. Um, you you can you can first of all yes absolutely, but you can see in a lot of animation. Um, you talked about that way to get a rendered frame and then run a plate behind it. There's a wonderful documentary on the Disney Channel about how they did that with I think it was Sleeping Beauty's Castle, but with plates, not digitally. So. The fact that they could do it digitally now is 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 much more efficient. And uh, but when you talk about frame rate, most most films are shot in a frame rate of twenty three point nine seven seconds. So every every second you're seeing twenty four frames basically. When it dips is when you're seeing things move a little bit faster. So that's when you see fast points of motion. But with the way it uses that, the way it augments that to this is fantastic and i'm and, and i remember looking specifically at a couple scenes when they're in the apartment when they're making when when when, when they're looking and they have there, there's several of them on camera and they look like they're all animated individually in some cases they're using frames from other rendered positions from later in the film it's brilliant and you never and you never you don't ever come out of it you know what I mean? And I think there's yeah. real genius in that. So for me watching it, and I, and I enjoy actually watching animated, animated uh, things like this. Um, the what if series on Disney plus, mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, I didn't think I would ever watch a cartoon. I'm too far into like, you know, the it's too much of a man. He's too much of an adult. He's too grown up. It is hard to watch kitty thing. It is. That's, it is hard for me to identify with things that aren't like, I can't have, I have a hard time doing that. And, 
Same thing with anime. And I know a lot of my people, a lot of my friends enjoy anime. I just can't get into it. But when I was watching What If on Disney Plus, the animation of that series made me be open to like, well, you know what? Maybe I should look at more films or more series that are pushed like this. Into the Spider-Verse surpasses that. So yeah. I get what you're saying, 100%. Like, like it is that good. So, but you do notice it. You do notice when the frame rate judders too. When you have less of a frame rate, things are moving a little bit uh, faster or, or slower. And the 24 frames a second is kind of in the standard. But if you're at 12, you're moving slower. You're yeah. moving, you're moving slow. But but yeah, absolutely. And it's, and, it's, it's super and you, cool. you pointed out that like all the different spider people are animated in, and I think it's so genius. They're all animated differently. Yeah. Like Spider-Ham is not animated the same as Spider-Man Noir. And they all like it's super cool. It's super cool touches. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you, AJ, with the with the animation? Anything that you really like loved? I mean, all of it, to be honest with you. I'm a big fan of animation, both 2D and 3D. I love Studio Ghibli. I love yeah. um, Japanese animation, especially. I think they do, like, you know, adult animation best for, like, just in the overall crowd. But for what this movie accomplished and, like, just the artistry and, like, just boundaries on, like, what animation and a blend of 2D and 3D can look like, I think it opens the door two superhero movies so easily in that it really kind of emphasizes this is how these stories should be handled at least in my opinion i think that superhero movies really should be animated because they just work and look so much better and i walked out being so like that that theory like cemented so clearly after watching that movie just because of what the animation did well and it was kind of a long shot this film right they had announced that they were uh working on something like this during the sony hack that we talked about last last episode that there was a spider-man animated film that they wanted to get off the ground and as time went on and they started developing it further this was in like 2013 2014 they started getting to work and they started figuring out okay this is what we want to do with the animation this is the story we want to tell and ultimately they settled on miles morales as the lead which i think was incredibly risky at the time because everybody knows peter parker everybody loves peter parker and having your spider-man movie not center around peter parker but instead center around miles morales was a brave choice and i'm really excited and really happy that they went in that direction but I want to talk about this cast, man, because this cast is stacked, yeah, stacked is. to the gills. So we have Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Um, hadn't done a whole lot up to this point. He's mostly known for Dope on Netflix, which is great. Um, with the other two, I would say, I would say like lead Spider People in. Gwen Stacy and our boy Peter B. Parker. They had Haley Steinfeld and Jake Johnson. Haley Steinfeld is a treasure, currently killing it on Hawkeye. And Jake Johnson was really just kind of known for New Girl. He was known to be the schlubby guy on New Girl. And it and the schlubby guy in Jurassic World. Come on. You're right. You're right. Sorry. He has he has a lot of range. You're right. And <laughs> but no, I kid. This is my favorite Peter Parker. Like tired haggard over at peter parker is my yeah. favorite peter parker at any age at any age and 
the two of them really pair well with Shamik Moore's Miles Morales. Um, talk talk to me about these these three characters specifically before we get into the rest of this. Did you were you guys surprised by this? What did you think of the performances? Um, I, I've been like, it's it's Haley Steinfeld. That's her name, correct? Yeah. I've been such a big fan of her since um, True Grit when she killed it yeah. in that movie. I was just like, oh, you're you're going to be something I like. So it's always just been like uh, I I'm sure when this young lady like like blossoms and becomes a mature adult, like w- like it, it, it's going to be astounding. And it's been proven like in time and time again. Um, yeah, she did a great fun Gwen Stacy um, Miles. Uh, what was the actor's name again? Shamik Moore. Jameek Moore, he was so good. Like he was genuinely sounded like a teenager. And when I found out like exactly what the actor's age was, I was like, wow, that is a very like just mastery of the voice and fantastic performance. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then (laughs) schlubby guy as uh, Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker is so like the older I get, the more that Peter Parker is just like I need, I need, thir- I need post thirty Peter Parker. I need he's so relatable. He's he like, yeah, he's so relatable. Yeah, yeah. Chris, well, it's funny. I, I, I don't want to still age something there, but I, he was my favorite part of the movie. He's like, nah, nah. It's like that old crazy. Chris makes those like sounds on the regular. He, he feels like he's like forty or something. It's like so chucked out. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and chill out for today. I'm not gonna do shit. Like to me, and 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 you, you couple that with someone who's eager and willing. You're like, yeah, settle down, guy. It, it'll be there tomorrow. He's just got that that vibe, and I, <laughs> I fucking love it. And um, I love the Gwen Stacy Stacy part of it. I think it's so cool. I think it's different. And different is what this movie is right not just in this in the fact that it's animation but we have a a black spider-man and i think yeah. that we're able yeah. to approach that now you know we're talking about um i think they have a black superman uh coming out soon too with i think you guys know about that mm-hmm. um but i think that that was a really bold choice like you mentioned eric to have that and to have almost like a female spider-man and i think that we share the screen in that and, and there's just there's there's a responsibility to, to accept that as audience members, but also the the balls for Sony to put that out. And this is a Sony property, I believe. Let me just check. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uniquely the, made under the Sony umbrella. So, you know, there was a lot of really strong choices there that might not have been received as well as, you know, some of those, although I can tell you foreshadowing that it made money. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the casting, you know, me being, again, I'm new to the animation room. I don't watch a lot of animation, but when it just vibes, I think that uh, when you're not taken out of it, it works. That's how I judge things. If it, yeah. if, if I don't feel out of it, I will say that um, uh, Marshala Hala Hala Ali <laughs> is great in it. I loved him in it. He was fantastic. Chris Pine, like like there was just yeah. this collection yeah. of really talented people that just because when going back to the the What If series, um. Sebastian Stan is a great actor. When he was in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, he had some moments that were really great in that. As a voice actor, he's fucking horrible. 
<laughs> and like, wow. and Andrew, Andrew, Cade was there. Andrew was there. Andrew, we were watching together and he said, he's not a good voice actor. How and- dare you? Sebastian, I didn't say a single thing like this. Don't you dare say this. Don't you dare rope me into this. I did not say the, this. I'm vetoing this. I'm pleading the fifth. I am pleading the fifth. <laughs> he, but, but when you have people that are, you know, these, I mean, Chris Pine is a legit fucking movie star. Yeah. Like Marshall Ali had, you know, true detective season three. And like, like, like he, he, these are, these are people. Jake Johnson was in fucking the mummy. What? Um, sorry. We don't talk about why yeah. he was sure the guy in the mummy why? as well. Of all things. Why is that the credit you bring up? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and, and even Brian, uh, Brian Terry Henry, like yeah. all of these actors that are involved that have these little bit pieces, which, um, the only other movie that I could compare it to, where I thought that this is fantastic. Did you guys ever see soul? The Pixar film? Absolutely. No, I did. I did it's, not love everything incredible. about that movie. Me too. Love I, I'm, I'm glad I you said that. I, I will watch that at least twice a year when you guys are talking about, it because it's refreshing. It's good for your, it's good for it's your good soul. For your exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the only other voice cast that I've heard that is just so perfect and it just worked across the board other than this. So, you know, just to what you're, to what both of you guys are saying, the casting was well, but even so the actors to really put the time and effort into it. Cause we could be a, we could have a Sebastian Stan incident here. Right. So, you know what I mean? We're a, we stayed away from that, but no, the casting was incredible. And and the actors really, you could see really worked hard for, I think they knew, I think they knew like, when you're involved with a project with a black Spider-Man and a, basically a female co-lead, right? It's it's important. You can't like, you got to put the work in. You can't fuck this up type of thing because then yeah. the, the next one will come in thirty more years. Otherwise, so yeah, absolutely. And and the again, the choice to do that was, I think, genius because it sells the theme of the film, which is anyone can wear the mask. Yes, and I absolutely adore that and again mm-hmm. you know we've we've talked before about that was the intent of the character when stanley and steve ditko created the character and i i love it but going back to the the cast here you already mentioned some of the names um Hershela ali as aaron davis and brian tyree henry as jefferson davis brian tyree henry just absolutely killed it in eternals it's a fine film he's great and they you know, if we, if we want to talk about, you know, like hearts of a film, Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis, incredible. So good. Incredible. A great dad. Just a great dad. So um, speaking about some of the other spider people, John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. Yeah. An absolutely <laughs> spirited choice. Incredible. And an out of left field choice that I wouldn't have seen before. Uh, we have Kimiko Glenn as Penny Parker. We have Nick Cage as Spider-Man Noir. You know, it's a good movie. Nick Cage is in it. Wherever I go, the wind follows. <laughs> and the wind smells like rain. Like, so freaking good. Anytime he called someone a turtle slapper. Like, <laughs> incredible. Incredible. Uh, we also got on the villain side of things, Catherine Hahn as Olivia Octavius. Like, you want to talk about like making bold yeah. choices you give us a female doc ock inspired hell yeah inspired yeah, the, the gender sw- i'm a huge fan of gender swapping like that i think that's such an interesting take on that when it's just another one like i said one of the really bold choices that really pan out it's fresh how yeah. do you tell a story that people know inside and outside in a fresh way 
This is exactly how you do that. And because it's a multiversal story, you can get away with some outlandish things, like making the Kingpin a size of a semi. Like, (laughs) Kingpin is too big in this movie. He's far too big. (laughs) He is. It it is hilarious how large he is. It's fantastic, though. Yeah, it's great. Performance by Lee Schreiber is excellent. (sighs) Understated, really well done. You couldn't even tell that it's Lee Schreiber. And we do get some cameo, cameo performances. Chris already mentioned Chris Pine as Peter, we'll call him Peter A. Parker, because he is the perfect version of Peter. He is the perfect Spider-Man, doing literally everything, even releasing a Christmas album, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, And then we also get Oscar Isaac. In the yes. end, as Miguel O'Hara. I <sighs> really hope we get more of him in the sequel. Same. But alongside the cast, alongside the amazing voice cast, Chris already brought it up, the soundtrack. The soundtrack to this film is excellent. Don't you fucking do it again, I swear to God. <laughs> um, the soundtrack to this is incredible. And I, there are very few films especially in the comic book realm that are so that have their identity so tied to their soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's incredible, but I also don't want to undercut Daniel Pemberton who did the score and the way that they're able to blend the soundtrack with the score is masterful. Chris, I know you you're dying to talk about the soundtracks so go in on it. Well, just the fact that it was, it was so imprinted on, on the movie and it, i can't tell if and this is this is this is how when i can tell if the soundtrack's really good do i like the movie because the soundtrack top gun is a great example i'm dead serious judge me if you will but fuck off danger zone and mighty wings are incredible all right so top gun is one of those movies that i will watch because of the soundtrack this movie is a movie i will watch because of the soundtrack and as a byproduct i'm gonna watch this movie and then I'm going to get treated with a great soundtrack. It, like, it's weird. It's a chicken yeah. or the egg kind of predicament. I mean, right. it's a win-win, but it's rare to have a movie so imprinted with the, like, like you said so eloquently, the identity of the soundtrack and the film almost go hand in hand. Again, like Top Gun. And even going back to a previous, <laughs> don't laugh, and then going back to like a previous Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, when we had that, had a, that had a great soundtrack too. Although... I, I could easily vindicated this that this soundtrack is much better than that soundtrack. I, I whoa I, I no there's there is oh, no interesting they're more established. So I mean right. post Malone's on your post Malone's. I mean everybody knows not everybody knew who dashboard was. Everybody knows the post. My mom knows the post Malone's for wrong reasons, sure, but she knows who he is. <laughs> you, know? you know so and and you know they managed to get we talked about again Spider Man two got all these acts as they were starting to burgeon, as they were starting to really blossom. Into the spirus, these these acts are already here. Like you don't need yeah. to Google who these people are. Like, you know, so the soundtrack was incredible, in fucking incredible. You had Lil Wayne on the soundtrack of a Spider-Man film. Like when was that gonna and think about the doors having a black Superman opens. Like you're yeah. gonna introduce people that don't give a shit about Spider-Man into now they're really going to care like i just think that's i think that's so cool and i love and i I just i love it i really do and it's awesome and miles morales as a character is so fascinating as well because there's a lot of criticism thrown his way he's actually celebrating 10 years since he's been created wow happy anniversary miles morales you're 10 years old happy anniversary (laughs) um 
but there's a, always been a lot of uh, negative shit thrown his way of just being black Peter Parker. And regardless of whether you think that's valid or not, the complaint is there. However, in this movie, there is no question on how different Miles and Peter are as characters, which I love. Mm-hmm. AJ, since you are a comics aficionado and you are, you know, you've been in the trenches when it comes to Spider-Man, the different um ages of Spider-Man, the different eras we've been in, how did you feel that this uh that this adapted the storyline of of miles becoming spider-man do you think there's anything that it did better than the comic anything that you think should have been carried over a little bit stronger um i think if you're going to streamline specifically like that ultimate story where um peter dies i think this is probably the best go at it like you can't do the giant avengers story because it's a sony and sony only has spider-man but like in this fashion and like within the multiverse of like stories and comic books it works so well and like that's another thing in that i always say just like not everything has to be comic book accurate if you have a base idea go with that idea and make it your own and you can still do that within comics like it's that's one of the best things about them so i think like it really does like yeah, like this movie, like just does so many things right and like just checks so many boxes and like does it so like just so smoothly. And like how this like, you know, death of Spider-Man goes about and then is immediately we get to see Spider-Man again in a different fashion, in a different form is brilliant. And it's and it's and it's great. Like, I, I, I love this movie, like rewatching it was so much fun. Yeah, totally agree. There is the pacing of this film is impeccable. Yeah. Like there's not a single moment where you check out and it it's, you know, there are moments where it could lull, but it absolutely doesn't. It's still chock full of character moments, action beats, setup. Like one of my favorite moments in this entire film is it's so small. It's so small, but I remember it so distinctly every time is when uh, Miles, Peter, and Gwen go to this Peter's house. And it's Aunt May. Peter's standing there. He's like, I'm not ready for this. Because he had buried, you know, Aunt May in his timeline or in his world. And after, you know, they get through the introduction stuff, she looks at him and she's like, Peter, you look tired. And he just like laughs. He's like, I am tired. Like breaks my heart every time. But like, I remember it so well. And it's not even one of the gigantic, you know, moments that happen in this film. And there are some really bombastic shit that happens in this film. You know, the opening, I mean, the the big... Uh, introduction to the Peter Parker of Miles's world is in front of this giant super collider where he's fighting this gigantic dragon-like green goblin. Like there's stakes in this. People are at risk. People lose their lives in this film, in a killed, in a kid's film. Someone is shot and killed in this animated property. And like Chris mentioned it in the episode previous, like, so many superhero films don't feel like there are stakes, that there are tangible stakes that we are trying to avoid or trying to achieve. And having something as simple as, I want to save the people that I care about, 
is so you can go so many directions with it and you know i want to live up to this potential that someone saw in me is such you can go so many directions with it there are a lot of themes in this and we've talked before about spider-man films feeling too overstuffed and on paper unlike previous films or on paper it's like okay this could probably work it's all about the execution on paper there's too much going on here yeah. there are too many characters too many villains too many directions this is supposed to go but in the execution it is done so well it gives everyone just as much as they need in this film to leave an impression and you get some incredible scenes out of this film i mean i i love every single comic book intro that we get you know it's the all right people let's do this one last time and like it introduces every single one of them the same way and it's so cool it's so fun you get glimpses of the multiple worlds that they're coming from but like there there's just so much good about this film from the characterizations that are both comic accurate and then wildly different from the comics like we get this uh latino scorpion who i swear to god have never seen in my entire life amazing. and it's so cool amazing it's so cool we get to see characters that we have seen done before in the comics characters like spider-man noir characters like the kingpin characters like the prowler given new life and given new identity to the point that if you think of kingpin you know obviously half of it's going to be a vincent d'onofrio but the other half is going to be this kingpin because of how striking he is as a character and how fucking large he is i can't <laughs> I cannot stress enough how obscenely large this man is and how he somehow gets through doorways and into vehicles. I can't, I can't anyway, but like these characters are incredibly well done. Are there any like specific characters that you feel stood out to you either because they were comic accurate or because they were wildly their own? Spider pig. Spider pig. <laughs> I'm dead serious. 100%. Like the ridiculous of this. If you, if, if someone were to bring me a script and be like, yeah, there's going to be a pig, but he's Spider Man. Like, what do you mean? How? Like, what do you mean? Is he, no, he's a pig, but he's Spider Man. Like, at that point, like, get the fuck out. Don't come back. That's, that's, <laughs> it, but the way it works, like, I don't know. I don't know why it works. I don't know. And I think it only works in animation. I will say that. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think if this were live yeah. action, there would be no fucking way. And it's interesting. I, and, and I want to talk about this, but then I'm, we'll go, I'll go back to, to your question. That the Amazing Spider-Man Two tried to do something different. It did it with something you didn't like, Eric. It introduced the idea that maybe Peter's parents were were secret agents, and they were going to go that way. That, in terms of like levels of ridiculousness, that is way more believable than some of the things that happen in this film. But this film does it better, and I think because it's animation, it can get away with that type of thing. And so because of that, you, you your suspension of disbelief, it, it, it tends to ebb and flow when you're watching certain movies, right? And because we kind of like, all right, well, this is that movie where there's a bunch of different Spider-Man, Spider-Pig, uh, you know, Gwen Stacy Spider-Man at some point, because you can suspend that disbelief, it's more of an enjoyable experience. So you're open to receiving the ridiculousness of what is going on. Right. And because of that, your headspace, like we talked about in the previous episode, you can be in a bad headspace where you don't want, you're not open for that. But here you are because, you know, you've kind of got this, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a cartoon, it's animated. It, so for me, Spider-Pig was the moment in time where I knew it's like, 
holy shit, they did it. Like they did it, right? Because like <laughs> yeah. they managed to pull off the ridiculousness of this and we take it seriously in this package. And that's why he he will always be my favorite Spider-Man of that film. Dead, hands down dead serious <laughs> because just, of that. I loved, and I think this honestly is my favorite take on the Prowler. And it really kind yeah. of like changed my opinion on Prowler as a Spider-Man villain. Like it really was just like, you know what? Like I I may put you on up there because this movie and like this take on him was so... It, it just felt so much more personal. It felt so much more heartbreaking. And like, oh, it just yeah. felt so much more just intense. And it's in like the more like just family oriented ways that I really enjoyed. And I think like, you know, when you can appreciate a character that you knew or that you kind of knew about, but then found a new love for, that's when I really think like something of comic book adaptation has done something really well. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the whole reveal, like, I distinctly remember being in the theater, right? And it's the scene where Miles is in his uncle's apartment. He's trying to write him a note. Prowler walks in and he has to hide. He's invisible. And I'm like, I know what's happening. I've read the comics. I know this reveal is coming. But when he pulls the mask off and reveals that he's Aaron Davis, I heard legit people gasping. Like, it was so cool, like getting that reveal and the music cues for this. Again, I have to go back to that Daniel Pemberton score. The Prowler theme of like the blah, like every he's a horror. He's a horror figure. Like, it's terrifying to watch it. Like, imagine just going through a dark alley and you hear that and you see this thing that moves like spawn, like coming at you like. It's terrifying. And I think for me, the biggest, you know, the biggest change was, I mean, it's, it's the one, at least my favorite was the, the Peter B. Parker. I love everything about that character as my favorite interpretation of Peter tired. Peter will always be best Peter. And I love the direction they took him because they, I mean, first off, they went to fully, canonizing his jewish heritage mazel tov uh he is just from everything that i've known and learned and come to love about spider-man he is kind of the end game for that for for my favorite version of spider-man someone who is kind of schlubby has been at this a little too long has let his guilt and his war on crime completely just burn away every single positive relationship he's ever had. And to the point that he's just this sad guy, like literally crying in the Spider-Man costume <laughs> in the shower. Like I love that shit. And at the end, and it means so much more when he decides to get back up, when he decides to get mm -hmm. back on the horse, when he shows up at MJ's apartment at the end, like you want him you want these crazy kids to get together yeah. you know the whole the whole bread monologue when he's trying when he's talking to this earth's mj is just like i just wish that i could give you bread like it's it's so good and jake johnson delivers it incredibly well yes yeah um are there any because chris you're not really like a comic book guy I don't know if we've mentioned it ever before, <laughs> but Chris isn't really a comic book guy. So are there any things about this film that like kind of went over your head or things that like 
maybe didn't square away with you or were there things that could have gone over your head in another film that you just kind of like moved with like a spider ham no i actually spider ham <laughs> um for me, it was I, – I wonder if that's why I wasn't so inclined to go see it initially because I, I, I just didn't identify with any of the characters because they were – I knew they were going to be different. Like, oh, I'll get to when I get to it. Um, I had no idea the Miles story. Like, I, I had no idea. I just thought he was an iteration of Peter Parker. I, I had no idea. So upon watching it, then – you, I learned that, and then it's 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 pretty easy to pick up on. I'm sure that they did that because the animation part of it. Even even while it's an animation film, it's not, it's not. I mean, yeah, kids could see it, but I mean, you know, I I, I definitely give it like a PG thirteen rating. I would imagine, um, but yeah. So I don't think anything went over my head in that aspect. The multiverse is like. It's like when it's when, it, when you write a script and you write, oh, this is the device, and I can't think of it right now, but this is the thing. This is the smoking gun. This is the verb here that you're going to use in time travel. It's going to fix everything. And so once you start saying that, I think that you're you're inclined to, oh, yeah, that's why. Because everything kind of changes and you can accept it for that. It's like science fiction when every time you say that, you know, every time something happens, like, oh, it's because of the multiverse, which I will say cheapens the kind of cheapens the stakes for a little bit for me too. But the performance is where it really sings. You can get away with that if you don't if if you don't have good performers, then then it's then it's not good. Then it then it sucks, which I always kind of worry about because everybody's got a multiverse story now. I think the right. Flash, you know, Flash is happening on Earth too, if I recall. And I even think the new yeah. Batman's happening on Earth too. I don't know if I know that right or not. It, I I think it is. Yeah, it, it's it's a mess over there. So like, you know, like where, where let's not where, talk about it. Yeah, right. It's like where do you, where where's the basis in reality? Where are the stakes? And you become you become impassioned with these people because of their performances, because that's all you have. Otherwise, yeah. you're just drawings. It's the people behind them, and and just like Soul did. I think this does it so well. So no, I, I don't think I got lost with anything. I think it was interesting. And I wonder if that's why once it started rolling, I'm like, dude, this thing is two hours long and doesn't feel like it for me. No, not at all. So yeah, no it flies by. And it's, it's yeah. cool too, because this, you know, this kind of kicked off the Miles Morales Renaissance that we currently see ourselves in. Like there's an entire video game dedicated to Miles Morales, which is incredible, by the way. It's, it's an incredible game. Well deserved. Also with a great soundtrack. Um, <laughs> but you really like get to see just how much staying power a character like Miles Morales has. And for me, this is ultimately the reason why, when it comes to like aging up characters, you could easily have Peter Parker be forty year old Peter Parker. Yeah. And have, you know, because the struggle with Spider-Man has always been like, yeah, people love Spider-Man, but like the comic book readers are going to get older and we need to bring in new readers and those are going to be kids. So how do we continue yeah. to get people to buy comics as kids that'll grow up and everything? And I'm like, you have Miles Morales right here. Mm -hmm. He can be the teen Spider-Man while we have adult Spider-Man Peter Parker. And like the... I mean, just the world doesn't look the same as it did when Peter Parker was created in 1963. Like, it just doesn't. And that's just the facts. And it, you know, it makes more sense. The whole impetus behind Miles Morales in the comics was like, if a kid grew up in the mid-1960s in Queens, New York, 
yes, he would absolutely look like Peter Parker. <laughs> but if he grew up in Queens, New York today, odds are he'd be a person of color. And that's right. just the facts. Mm -hmm. And so giving kids, giving readers the opportunity to see themselves in characters is the whole reason why I love Shang-Chi to death. Is it a perfect movie? No, it's not. But seeing someone who looks like me, who looks like other Asian kids, who got who didn't have something like that growing up, means the fucking world. Yeah. And having kids, you know, African American kids, mixed race kids, look at Miles Morales and say, "Holy shit, I can be a superhero too!" Like that's at the heart of this film. The whole idea that again, anyone can wear the mask, yeah. and that's why the the whole you know last monologue from miles morales where he's like anyone can wear the mask you can wear the mask if you didn't know that before i hope you do now like it's, it's perfect. earnest it's perfect yeah, it, it's it earnest it's heartfelt and it's sincere which we do not get enough in superhero movies anymore completely agree i completely you talk, agree you talk about that and the the racial like relevance of different ethnicities and, and, and races and superheroes, that's something that we need to address too is, I mean, we are progressing as, mm -hmm. as people in that. And so on the, in the same year, again, 2018 is a, is a great year. And I don't want to linger on this because it's got something to do, but not exactly. No, for sure. Black mm -hmm. Panther came out this year. Black Panther yeah, made $1.3 right. billion, yeah. $1.3 billion in 2018. That movie was in the theaters for, I think it was almost a little under a year when most, most, uh, 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 films will get pulled after I think it's 12 weeks yeah. to, so they can go on to DVD. So when you look at what Chadwick Boseman did for Black Panther and for, and for African-Americans who, who want to be superheroes, like that's a perfect example for what you're talking about. And I think that now, I mean, Eric, you have a very close relationship with, with Superman. And I think that that'll be the big test. I think that, and again, I, I, it's just, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how it pulled in, kind of plays out right. black panther and miles Morales are one thing superman is another but i think we're ready for it i hope we are yeah, agreed it will be very agreed. interesting to see how that plays out and and uh and but just to piggyback off your point i couldn't agree more and the numbers support it everybody knows i'm a number guy 1.3 <laughs> billion dollars was made by by black panther and again it was almost in the theaters for a year like it really was guys it was so I, I think I think it's I think the market is there. People want to see it, and I think we as actors and filmmakers have a responsibility to that too. You know. And yeah. Then, anyway, just it's, yeah. my rant is over because no, look, at, I, look, look what Jordan Peele has done too. Jordan Peele is 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 yes. kind of a hero when it comes to that too. So mm -hmm. but anyway, anyway, rant no, hundred percent agree, and we're gonna get to the numbers later in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before that, are there any favorite scenes that you guys have from this? I fucking know what AJ's is. Um, do you guys have any favorite scenes specifically from the film? Because I know for me, and I was struck by how much I loved it like this time around. I always like enjoyed it, but the whole Alchemax scene where they're breaking sure. into the escape mm -hmm. to you know web swinging through the forest is incredible, incredibly paced, really well acted, incredibly well written as well. Mm -hmm. And I just that that whole scene really just crystallized for me why i love this film so much 
Um, for me, yeah, I love uh, the Alchemax. Like you talked about the laboratory and the, going through all that. I really enjoy getting to know Miles right in the beginning, like getting a sense of his personality, his quick wit, how smart and just charismatic of a character he is. Yeah. I love, love, love that ending where he's jumping off the buildings and getting ready for the big moment and just feeling himself and feeling the suit and what's up danger you know, what's, what's up, up danger that moment being played on yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly like it's such a great moment but i love i love the last fight i love all the colors i love yeah. the imagery i love that how kirby like, crackle yeah it's everywhere it's so good and it's used so well in this movie like i yeah there's so many like just great scenes in this film yeah it's hard to pick one. It really yeah, is exactly. because again, exactly. I, I'm looking at it just from a fan, and 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 it's and it really I can't I can't underscore this enough. Where like if you have no expectations in a movie and then you go into it and really liking it, you really like that movie. Like it's just it's it's something that. So for me to watch it for the first time, not really wanting to see it, it was just it was it was so good. I liked the when the um, it's a super it's not the superconductor. Well, I guess it is. It's super collider. Super collider, thank you. Large hadron. I would, they're going to be very upset right now. Cern, um, but but I really, you fool. I I really enjoyed that part of it. I'm not going. to And then when he got his powers, you know, like yeah, when he's explained on <laughs> how spider bat. Yeah, they'll just come to you. Like when you're ready for them, they will come to you. And like I just as he's waiting for him in, in the part that AJ's talking about when he's going to it, when he's out the window, when we, when, when when the beat drops, and like we know we're going into the third act of the film. It just it's 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 great and yeah it's hard to pick one part guys well and even honestly yeah. even the film yeah. that leads up to that where um it's just after all the other spider people have left miles is webbed to the chair and jefferson knocks on the door and he gets this like one-way monologue fucking i cry every time i just do it's just it's everything that you want as a father to say to your son or just just everything as a parent you would want to say to your child and it breaks my heart every time like yeah. it's it's so good mm -hmm. um but honestly this film has so much heart has so much soul and mm -hmm. you know what else it has so much of numbers <laughs> it's time for chris's number corner <laughs> so the, there's good news and there's bad news here the good news is that it made a lot of money worldwide in comparison of what its budget was the budget interesting was 90 million so you know what i mean and and uh, it's weird it's awkward to think about right because you know but comparisonly though Venom's first budget was 116 million. That was the Jesus first Venom. Christ. Yeah, <laughs> 90 million is you know after you tack on marketing, you have to think that Sony's kind of edging their bet, right? And and it's Sony, and you got to know that when they're releasing it, they probably are a little concerned. They're not sure how it's going to be taken. They're hedging their bet. If we if we lose, we don't lose 200 million dollars, right? We're not losing that big. So the opening weekend, it wasn't great. Opening weekend made 40, 35 million, basically $40 million. So you're under half your budget by like 10 million you're under. So it's, it's but here's, here's the thing. The music, I think the music really helped it here because the legs that this movie had made up for all that. So with the soundtrack, Post Malone, with Sunflower being played every five, every mm -hmm. five songs in the world, <laughs> um, the domestic box office, Cranked out 190 million. So think about it. Just 
Hell yeah. To put it in perspective, $90 million budget. Your opening weekend, you clear $35 million. You make an additional, I'm terrible at math. You're going to see this right now. What, $155 million in its, in its, its entire that's domestic. So worldwide, it was a little, it didn't hit like some of the other ones did because again, narrow target worldwide, right. $375 million on a worldwide box up. So if you look at the numbers, you can kind of deduce it. This movie uh, made four times its money back, which is fantastic. Awesome. I mean, exactly. For, for, wow. for what Sony thought they were maybe going to get, for them to get four times their money, it's yeah, got to be, yeah. they, they got to see it as a win. They, they, there's no Absolutely. way they can the legs it has to me looking at it as well, because in our previous episode, we talked about how the amazing Spider-Man two had a big opening weekend in the legs just fell out underneath it. This one had, it had a very mediocre opening weekend, but it, it's, it rattled off $190 million in the box office after a $35 million opening weekend, which is crazy. That means the money that that had to make on a consistent week to week basis. It, it was wild. And I, and I will say this, and I want to bring up the fact what else was released in 2018. Yes, talk because about it. it. it it's yes. Movie. So 2018 had one, two, three, four, five movies. Five movies uh, that made over a billion dollars. A billion fucking dollars. So I'm just going to go for it. Bear in mind, Deadpool 2 came out this year. Deadpool 2 pulled in $778 million. Fantastic Beasts came out. 653 ant-man and the wasp came out 622 venom came out venom venom, venom. 855 bohemian rhapsody came out oh, 903 yeah. million now we're getting to the billions andrew aquaman made 1.4 uh, billion dollars uh, my God. man do it <laughs> my man all right Incredibles yeah. 2, which I love. I love the I'm a sucker for the Incredibles. 1.2 billion dollars. Jurassic World, 1.3 billion dollars. Black Panther, 1.3 billion. And Infinity War, 2 billion. Wow, that's right. Yeah. So 2018 was a stacked year. Stacked year. Stacked. Yeah. I mean, even the movies that oh, if you just made a couple hundred million, you know, it's like okay, but to think that this movie get, get got filtered in, and again, we're looking at, you have to look at sample size and comparison. It made four times its budget. If yeah. a movie makes four times yeah. its budget, it's a big win. So even though it, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't crack our top 10 of 2018, which I don't know. I swear if fast and fierce was up here, that'd be the only way I could think of it. It's maybe on top of that, but Jesus, thank God. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, just on it made it people loved it it was received well it had legs just going back to it, that and black panther did so much for the african-american and in less uh i can't even think of the word here it's like it's a much more diverse cast and hopefully mm -hmm. and the, the numbers showed i mean of course you have avengers infinity war which yeah, I, I don't gigantic know. huge right it's it's it was going to be impossible to top that so yeah but yeah, the numbers speak volumes for this film, and uh, and it speaks you know in the same glowing and and do tones that we have too. It's a, it was a great film, it really is. And that's why the film itself racked up forty awards, four zero, the most critically acclaimed Spider-Man film out of the entire bunch. Um, I'm not going to go through all forty of them, but I do want to make a couple. Uh, 
couple mentions the Harvey Award for Best Adaptation from a Comic. It absolutely swapped the Annie Awards and the Visual Effects Society Awards with multiple wins. And it received not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but over 15 Best Animated Picture uh, awards, including from the African American Film Critics Association, Alliance of Women Film Journalists, the Annie Awards, the British Academy Film Awards, Critics Choice, Golden Reel, Golden Tomato, Saturn Awards, and walked away with Best Animated Feature from both the Golden Globes and the Oscars. Damn. This film was a moment. Just as much, well, probably to a lesser degree, but just as much as Black Panther was a moment, this film rounded out that moment. And it is genuinely one of my favorite films of all time. It's one of my favorite comic book films ever. And it absolutely is just one of the best, if not the best, Spider-Man film. So as we're wrapping up here, getting ready to uh, take our trip back out of the Spider-Verse, Gentlemen, final thoughts, and what would you give this movie for your Geeksplain Arbitrary rating out of 10? I'm going to start things off with AJ. Um, I, again, probably one of my favorite movies of 2018, probably right up next to Black Panther and Infinity War and all the other lots. Um, yeah, this is just a good movie. Like, I, I would recommend it from ever, anybody. I remember the time, like you said, it was very much a moment. And it was a good moment as a comic book fan to see Miles get the recognition and the spotlight that yeah. he really deserved. And what such a unique and good positive character of representation can really accomplish in today's day and age. I give this movie uh, a solid 9.5 out of 10. It's a little biased. Like it, it's, it's one of my, I, I, I get good feels and good times out of it. So I'm going to rank it higher. So I solid 9.5. I think it's almost, it's almost a perfect movie. Chris. Yeah. It, it's hard to argue that those, those points in that number, I'm going to give it a nine only because me and animation we're not we're we're dating but we're not in love yet we're feeling <laughs> not it serious out. that's right it's not serious thank you yeah um but but with the soundtrack coupled with the emotional gravitas that the that, that the portrayal the actors have and just the animation like it, it, you never come out of it you know yeah. you're, you're never out of it there's never a moment it's like ah this is bullshit you know like again sebastian sands acting uh voice acting <laughs> oh my voice god. acting good god he's man. coming Give for him like he's joel no, kinnaman bro, or something i know horrible. he's horrible as a voice actor he is guys i mean but, so we and, we've now i just want to listener so you now know that chris's favorite actor is joel kinnaman and his favorite voice actor is sebastian yeah, stan right. yeah that's right <laughs> but no it, it was it was it was wonderful the the use of the multiverse was was it wasn't topical like oh there's another me right there except he's got brown hair and i've got blonde hair like it, it wasn't that it was completely different if you're going to be different be different and they were different you know they didn't just dip their toe in it they jumped full in and i think that really helped sell it you know for me it was a and the soundtrack's awesome like i like that sunflower song it, maybe there was because it was yeah. like set it's on great. repeat you know <laughs> but um but but yeah, I thought it was great. I, I give it a solid nine. And and in when they make the sequel, I'll be there at midnight to watch it with sure. you, Eric. Fuck. Dwold. <laughs> Chris is dragging yeah. me out to watch a cartoon at midnight. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I I genuinely love this movie. It is um, 
2018 was an interesting year in general. A lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of personal stuff for me as well. And this was exactly the movie that I needed when it came out. And I'm sure that for a lot of people, this is the movie that they needed. There is a certain magic with superheroes and with comic books that you get to see characters doing these incredible things and being these incredible people. But the really special characters, the ones that stick around, are the ones that let you believe that you can do it too. And this movie, with its stance of anybody can be Spider-Man, is timeless to me. Doesn't matter, you know, when it came out, doesn't matter how, you know, the soundtrack slaps, which it does, doesn't matter how much the um how much the performances are great, which they are, doesn't matter how good the groundbreaking animation is, which it is. The idea that someone can walk into this movie and walk out believing that they can be greater is insurmountable when it comes to thinking about how much of an impact this movie has um this also and i didn't i didn't mention it but this film was this film came out right before or right after stan lee passed away that's right and i remember openly sobbing in the theater when we had that stan lee cameo just full-on ugly crying um this film is a tribute to him, it's a tribute to Steve Ditko, it's a tribute to the spirit of the character that created, and it is a celebration of Spider-Man and everything that that character believes in and everything that the character stands for. Yeah. And the, they put a card up, you know, thank you to Stanley and Steve Ditko for telling us that we're not alone. And that's as good a thesis statement as you can make in a superhero film. So for me, and even though I know Chris says I'm overly positive about everything, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. This is, it's the best Spider-Man film for my money. It is a timeless film that can be around and will stick around for a very long time. And I will be more than happy to be dragged out at midnight to see a cartoon with Chris Ooh, Carter and AJ Kincaid. That's a agreement. That's a agreement. Yeah. California, yeah. that's, California, that's binding. <laughs> oh, God. California, that's binding. Damn. So we'll <laughs> we'll be here for Across the Spider-Verse in 2022. I can't wait. I Seriously. cannot wait, genuinely. I love this film so much. But that is going to wrap up this session for the Geeks Plane Extra Series Spidey Sember. We're heading into the home stretch here, folks. We've only got two films left, and they are the direct prequels to the film that we are doing this whole thing for. So join Mm -hmm. us next time as we jump into the inaugural Spidey film of the Tom Holland era with Spider-Man Homecoming. Tune in for that next time. But for now, for Geeksplained, this is Eric Azana. Chris Carter. AJ Kincaid. And we will see you next time. What's up, danger? Don't be a stranger.
up, Danger! <laughs> <laughs>